What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Metal Sports Card Podcast. I'm your host, Clayton. Really appreciate you joining me this week for this week's weekly podcast episode. If you haven't already, head on over to Instagram, metals underscore sports cards. Love for you guys to give me a follow over there. Try to post some content, mail days, etc. And if you haven't noticed on YouTube, have created a dedicated channel for these episodes, Metal Sports Card on YouTube, and uh, pulling those off of my personal channel, creating a dedicated channel, hoping to grow that, put out some more content, have somebody coming on board this week actually to help with some extra videos, etc. So appreciate all the support so far. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit me that thumbs up, hit that subscribe button down below. And if you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast, appreciate any review you guys have for the podcast. Any feedback is great. Now let's get into this week's episode. With the NFL draft in the books, the NBA playoffs right around the corner, PWCC selling another million dollar card, Clayton breaks it all down this week on the Metal Sports Card Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in and enjoy the podcast. This week we're going to jump right into it. Going to start you guys off with the weekly hobby rundown segment. This segment brings you guys all the big news you guys need to know from around the hobby. And we're going to start first with a little bit of drama. This is the auction house drama of flooding the market. I do not think this is as big of a deal as what people are making out to be. If you're anywhere on YouTube, uh, Instagram, forums, um, this has been brought up a lot about whether or not it is the auction house's fault or the people selling the cards' fault as to this flood of five-figure or more cards. Is this a bad thing for the hobby? Is this the auction house's fault? Should something be done about this? Do things need to change? Um, and me personally, I don't think so. I don't think that there's a um, anyone to blame in this situation. People need to sell cards. They need to sell cards. And auction houses are uh, businesses who need to sell cards to make money. I do think there's one thing that could be changed. And I heard a uh, podcast the other day, Slab Talk. If you don't follow him already on Instagram, he's a really good uh, resource and channel. Puts out a lot of great content. He had Howie Hustle on his weekly podcast. And uh, how he works for, um, I believe, PWCC. And uh, talked about how PWCC is making some changes in their monthly and uh, quarterly slash regular auctions. And one of the things they're doing is limiting the grade of each type of card. So they're not going to have a Kobe Tops PSA 10 refractor. They're not going to have three of them sell in the same auction. There's going to be one slot per grade per card, um, and they're going to sell those. I think that's good. It obviously may cost PWCC. It will cost PWCC because they're giving up on potential large value cards. Um, but I think that's a step in the right direction. Um, but I don't think this is something that's necessarily going to ruin the hobby. Uh, just because um, cards are being sold doesn't necessarily equate to value being lost because those cards are not being created or graded um, and the population port isn't growing. They're just coming out of collections. More than likely, most of these cards are being bought and put back into collections anyways. So eventually there's going to be a level back out where these cards go back into collections. Maybe we see another run up over another year. This happens again. It's going to happen in any supply and demand market. I don't think there's anyone to blame. But we're going to we're going to talk about this. Ken Golden had a uh, kind of defense of this. I'm going to read you guys some highlights of that on the blowout forums. We're going to read his first paragraph and then we can go from there. Okay, now I need to respond. The Brady card sold for in an 8.5 out of 10 for 237,000 on December 2020, then it magically sells privately for a lesser grade at an 8.0 for 
Then an 8.5 out of 8.5 slash 9 at Leland's, that was 2.25 million. Out of the 100 printed, likely 30 were shipped to auction houses or consignment dealers to be sold, flooding the market on the on what still is the ultimate football card, but each time the limited card like that sells, it takes out a prospective buyer from the next sale. With the 86 Fleer Jordan, it takes a huge jump up. Everyone who thought they would hold forever wants to sell. I sell as much privately as I possibly can. I have sold over 15 PSA 10 privately 86 Fleer Jordans this year. If people want to sell because they see a high price point, they sell. If Golden Auctions doesn't sell it, Heritage will take the card for sure, as will anyone on eBay. No auction house or dealer floods the market. Collectors rushing to sell do. None of these auction houses are printing cards. Collectors help onto them and put them into the market. So please stop with this commentary. You don't want to see a rare card sold that you own. Don't put it up for sale. Just wait. Seriously, would everyone with a Fleer Jordan in any grade just lock them away for six months and see what happens? I think this is exactly what I'm saying. I think Ken's obviously defensive of his business. Anybody's going to be defensive of their income um, and, and their way of life. But I think that it balances out a little bit. PWCC is obviously taking another approach by limiting the card sales. All in all, it's something just to keep an eye on. I don't think it necessarily affects um, the lower end market for figure or less cards because that market obviously is flooded. <laughs> um, there's a, a mainly a lot of cards of most of them. Um, let's talk about the PSA 10 Luca. There's plenty of those out there. That market's obviously going to flood when he plays well and potentially might dry up slightly when he plays bad, aka the last couple weeks. Um, he hasn't been as popular, but there's still plenty of inventory out there for you to purchase. Speaking of auction houses, we're going to get into another big sale. This week, 1979 tops Wayne Gretzky, PSA 10, population of just two, sells for a $1.05 million privately brokered to PWCC. Again, PWCC kind of bringing in the heat two weeks in a row now on the podcast with another big sale. It was interesting to me because uh, I was reading their post and uh, Jeremy Padauer, obviously huge in the Pokemon uh, space and other trading cards, um, commented that uh, the population count of two and a goat of the caliber of Wayne Gretzky for $1 million, this is highway robbery. Have to agree. Obviously not going anywhere near investing in a million dollar card at this point in my life, but I have to agree in comparison to other people um, and other goats across the sports and across the sports card space, Wayne Gretzky's card at just over a million dollars of a only population of two seems like a steal. If you got the million dollars, maybe you go out and find the second one. All right, let's get into maybe a hobby darling of the last football season. Seahawks wide receiver DK Metcalf as many of you might have been buying and selling his cards kind of some sporting news here he is stepping onto the track to race Sunday May 9th at the Golden Games it's actually a meet that I'll be at I'll be racing the 800 meters there he's racing 100 against some of the best US and world stars in these sprints this is interesting because obviously I run track and field professionally for those of you who don't know I'll be racing at this meet so it will be cool to see firsthand DK run I have a podcast with uh, Devin Allen, former Oregon football player, um, projected first round draft pick um, when he was coming out, chose to choose the Olympics instead and runs professional track and field for Nike as well. Um, he runs the 110 hurdles. Him and I had a discussion about this. I think he runs pretty quick. Um, for those of you wondering, I think he runs 10.3 to 4 seconds. 
Um, so somewhere under 10.4 seconds, I think he runs this weekend. It will be interesting to see. I believe the meet is on NBC or NBC Sports Network. Uh, if you want to tune in and see DK run the 100, I'm sure it'll be all over social media. But it would be kind of cool. Don't think this really has any impact on potentially his cards. Um, maybe if he makes the Olympic team. But just so you guys know, obviously have experience making an, an Olympic problem-solving process. He's probably not going to make the Olympic team. I hate to break it to everybody. Um, but maybe just something to keep an eye on. It's a fun thing that I want to talk about. And uh, yeah. So let's get into the final piece of the hobby rundown. I want you guys to understand that the NBA playoffs are just about 10 days away. 10 to 2 weeks away. The season ends in eight days um on may 16th and the nba playoffs play in playoffs begin may 18th We've talked about this before on the podcast it's the uh seven through ten seeds playing in the play-in game um i believe it's like seven versus ten and then eight versus nine i i don't know something along those lines or seven versus eight they play and then nine versus ten plays and then they play the eight seed the loser of that bracket not really sure exactly the details. I'm going to talk about this next week on the podcast a lot more and break this down for you. But wanted to give you guys the heads up that there's only six or eight regular season games left. And here's some of the things to keep your eye on going into these last couple uh, games. So if you look at the Eastern Conference, there is four teams. The four teams in the playoff play-in bracket right now are the Celtics, the Hornets, the Pacers, and the Wizards. The Wizards have a three-game lead on the Raptors. So... Probably more than likely, it's going to be a combination of these five teams in the play-in. You have the Miami Heat, who are at 35 and 31. The Boston Celtics at 34 and 31. The Hornets are 32 and 33. Then you have the Pacers and the Wizards at 30 and 34 and 30 and 35 overall records. So, have to say, keep an eye on the Heat could fall into that play-in, um, which would mean that the uh, the Celtics would then play the Sixers in the first round. Um, excuse me, take that back. They would not play the Sixers in the first round, looking at the bracket wrong. Um, but the Celtics would not play in the playing game. I do think the playing game does have a hobby impact? I think if, if players have breakout games in the playing bracket, playing games, um, then I could see their cards potentially exploding, especially as we get into the West here. Things to keep an eye on the West is this is extremely tight for 5 through 11 separated by seven games total you've got the mavericks lakers blazers warriors grizzlies spurs and pelicans three storylines for me i am watching in this i'm watching do the lakers fall into the playing games does lebron have to play in the playing games does anthony davis have to play in the playing games do they need to stress out over these games and risk potentially losing it is the nba anything can happen on on a one given night on a play-in game my next look at is the pelicans do the pelicans bump the spurs out and potentially does zion get in the play-ins um they rearranged the bubble created this play-in game system to potentially get zion into the bubble last year obviously didn't make the play-in game but now he has a chance to do it does zion get in the play-ins and then my other thought is is as a blazers fan is does dame go off in these playing games dame has been playing really well um but slightly under the radar because the blazers haven't been playing oh so great but i think dame could have a breakout game stashed a few dame damian prism rookies away for this exact reason kind of hope they fall into the play-in games as the seven seed 
get to play that one game, secure their spot out. But open maybe Dame puts up 40, 45, hits a big three, kind of seals it for the Blazers. That'd be a nice little icing on the cake for that. So just keep that in mind as uh, we approach next week. We'll be doing a full NBA playoffs breakdown on the next week episode as we will know more about seeding, about play-ins. I'm going to highlight some players to watch in each conference. But by this point, I'd be kind of snagging some cards that you want to snag for the playoffs as uh, these guys start playing in, in two weeks. Excuse me. Yeah, two weeks they start playing these playing games. So let's say the Hawks fall into the play-ins somehow. Um, they got a few few games up, but let's say the Hawks fall in. Obviously, Trey Young could potentially be a uh, play-in bubble. Um, if the Hawks stay at the five seed, they've obviously looked what looks like got to play the Bucks. That'd be a really good matchup. So just kind of keep things on your mind, in your back pocket, be ready to go as these NBA playoffs come around. It's been talked about for months how this is going to blow up the modern card market. We'll see. The next segment, the final segment, going to be a kind of a quicker episode this week. Just going to bring you guys some notes uh, and some of my thoughts from the NFL draft. I'm not going to go through and talk about every team, every player. I'm not going to review you guys' picks. If you want to go do those, there are plenty of resources out there to find draft grades, review boards, etc. Kind of just want to plant some ideas in your head, some thoughts, some questions, and some of the things that came to my mind as I proceed into the next football season because I am starting to buy a lot more football and these products start to release over the next couple months. First thought, the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence will obviously lead the hobby news and the hobby as a football market going forward. It's just like this year in the Hornets, last year with the Pelicans, um, last year with the uh, Bengals to start with Joe Burrow and now the Chargers and those same products. The Jaguars are going to be the cards and the breaks and the people you were trying to break for and get. Trevor Lawrence's Prism rookie cards, Trevor Lawrence's select field level, etc. His NTs out of 99. Those are going to be hot. Um, there's no question about it. There was no surprise he's taken number one. There's no surprise he's going to be the hobby darling. But just wanted to re-solidify that fact. After that, the Jaguars will be for sure the people you watch for in breaks and try to hit in random teams. Um, nothing changed really with that. But again, solidifying that in your minds. Number two, does Trey Lance and Zach Wilson immediately make an impact on the hobby? These two quarterbacks are kind of similar in my eyes to where uh, the season started with uh, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Joe Burrow obviously had a lot more of an impact going in. Herbert was a little bit more touted as an NFL quarterback than these two potentially, um, but both were on struggling teams. The Niners and the Jets are struggling teams. Do do they struggle as quarterbacks? Does the hobby accept them? Does the hobby still get behind them? I say yes. I think the hobby will still be behind them. I think there's so much hype around this quarterback class, again, even following last year, that people do support Trey Lance and Zach Wilson and will continue to buy cards and uh, put them away, banking on prospecting on them. Am I going to be? No. Um, I would rather be banking Justin Herbert's, Joe Burrow's, Jalen Hurts, Tua's, Trevor Lawrence, and the next two guys that I'll talk about after this. Um, for me, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson don't super excite me. The Niners and the Jets don't super excite me as teams. Um, so 
for me, those two guys are going to be, if there's flips there, if I acquire cards in lots or breaks or rips, two guys that I'll be potentially looking to flip, sell early, um, etc. Not going to be buying and selling those two guys uh, very frequently unless something changes. Um, but on paper, following the draft, looking at this class, looking at last year's class, uh, just not two guys that I'm super attracted to. But do your research there if you, if you believe in them. Um, go for it. My next third question. And this is a this is something to be cool to get your guys' impact at. Excuse me. Your uh your uh oh man, I'm lost lost for words here. Your uh your thoughts on, I guess. That's what I'm looking for. Your opinion. Let's get your opinion on this. Are you choosing Justin Fields or Mac Jones? Let's hear it below. Are you choosing Mac Jones or Justin Fields? I don't know who I choose. Obviously, you have Mac Jones with Bill Belichick in New England. Successful uh, bloodlines of that. Julian Edelman's stepped away. You're still a Patriot. Then you have Justin Fields, who is on the Bears in Chicago. Big city. Decent team. Um, and a little more touted coming out. At one point, was going to be the number two overall pick. Thought he probably should have been the number two overall pick, in my opinion. But two great quarterbacks. I'm probably going to say, if I'm choosing, I'm choosing Justin Fields. I like Fields. I like what he did in college. Um, he's played really well every out of high school. The only downside is Ohio State's quarterback struggles um, in recent years is uh, facts. Ohio State does not produce NFL quarterbacks very well over the last couple years, um, the last decade. So it'll be interesting to see how both of those succeed. Comment below, though, if you're if you're watching this. Are you choosing Justin Fields or Mac Jones? Who knows? I think it's a little bit of a toss-up. I think you can't go wrong with either. Number four, and then I got one more after this. Receivers, again, are gaining attention and gaining hype in the hobby. Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, the list goes on and on. Proceed with caution. These last two points I want you guys to be very careful about. These receivers are very hyped. The receivers from last year are very hyped. Uh, but at the same time, it's very risky. Um, very high chance of injury, as well as just a chance of these guys fizzling out. There's been a lot of receivers drafted very highly who have not touted the uh, same statistics or success. Um, and it's a very difficult position to be successful in. So I would not necessarily go all in on a guy like Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith. I would diversify into those guys for sure. I will be. Um, but I will not be out there buying all the Jamar Chases or spending all my hard-earned dollars on Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith. Just proceed with caution with these receivers. I think they're interesting plays. I think there is plays there to be made. But just proceed with caution with those guys. My final point, and I think this will gain traction, but I don't think it will gain enough traction to warrant, again, you going all in on these guys. The defense and the other position players, including running backs, including linemen, defensive key players, um, etc., are very talented and well-respected in this class. Penny, Penny Swell, um, the lineman got drafted out of Oregon by the Lions that I thought my Bengals should have taken. Um, he's going to be a huge player. He could be a huge player. Uh, the hobby obviously doesn't go and collect big linemen, um, but as the hobby's changing, more money is in the hobby. There could be plays to be made if, say, Swell becomes maybe a pro bowler in his first or second year. Um, obviously, his cards are going to be um, very accessible in products over the next year. 
just keep those guys in mind. Najee Harris comes to mind. Powerhouse Alabama joins the Steelers. Um, good team, good running back. But again, high risk of injury. Running back, not necessarily overall accepted by the hobby. But still doesn't mean that there's not money to be made when it comes to buying and selling Najee Harris. That's the five points from the draft. To me, the draft kind of went necessarily as planned. Nothing super exciting other than potentially that Chicago trade up to grab Justin Fields, replacing Andy Dalton. Um, I think that is the play of the draft. I like Justin Fields. I think obviously the Bears like Justin Fields enough to trade up for him. I think that's the play. That's the guy I'm looking at out of that class and I think potentially might have uh, some success going into next year. So let's talk a little bit about the upcoming releases to wrap up this week's episode. We've got on Wednesday, Panini Crown Royale basketball dropped the day before this episode. And then as well on Wednesday, you had 2020 Panini Flawless Football. You had NT drop recently. Now you have Flawless, you had Immaculate. All those products are out now. Mostly 2020 for the most parts wrapped up. I believe this was kind of the last one. 10 cards per pack, one pack per box on the Flawless. Not sure what the uh, prices are going for those. I'm sure they are not cheap. Um, I'm not out there buying uh, many flawless briefcases. Friday, May 7th, you had you have uh, Panini Impeccable Premier League 2020-2021. Um, so great product there. Impeccable is obviously in that upper tier. Um, dropping some Premier League guys um, as we get ready for Euro Cup and uh, um, the rest of the seasons there. 2020-2021 Panini Contenders Basketball drops Wednesday, May 19th. So two weeks just as the uh, NBA play-in tournament is starting. They're going to drop Panini Contenders 2020-21. And to sum up the month, you got uh, Court Kings on the 26th. And I believe that's it for basketball um, coming up in May. And then in June, you've got um, Panini Noir on June 4th and then the uh, that's draft picks football 2020-2021 Panini Prism draft picks football also drops on June 4th so guys I appreciate you guys listening again shorter episode um, I'm getting ready to leave for California to compete at the uh, track meet so going to be busy out there we'll be recording next week's episode kind of previewing the NBA draft or the NBA play-ins and playoffs picture the seedings some of the matchups, some of the players to watch. But I appreciate you guys listening. If you haven't already, if you're listening to this on a podcast form, head on over to YouTube, hit subscribe on the Metal Sports Card page. Really want to grow this channel out. Going to be dropping some more short content, working on some things, um, trying to drop some maybe some quick mail day, some PSA subs I'm starting to get back, um, some flips, some trades I make, etc. Or on Instagram, Metal underscore Sports Cards, or both. Would love you guys as a um, community on both of those platforms but for now guys i hope you guys have a great weekend a great week good luck with all of your buying and selling of sports cards and i will catch you guys next week on the podcast